Hi, everyone. I'm Robert Peek, and uh, welcome to another Change Your Game with GTD podcast. I'm here, as always, with Todd Brown. Hello, everyone. Hey, Todd. So the purpose of this is to elucidate some of the getting things done GTD methodology, specifically as it applies to you and your life and how you um, not only work, putting your nose to the grindstone, but think about your work, backing up from all of that. Um, to try and work a little smarter, more elegantly, to be a bit more effective in what you do in terms of what how you've defined that, how you define what, what effectiveness is and what it means for you, not only in your work, but in, in the richness of your life. So we've been doing this for a while. And uh, one of the fun things is that uh, listeners, viewers, send in questions. Uh, they comment on what we've uh, talked about previously, and uh, they're curious about you know whether we could address a particular topic. One caught our caught our eye as it was coming through the email stream from Eust. Um, who's a project manager and a longtime GTDer, um, really having a lot of success with the stuff that has really sort of, in his mind, clear finish lines, as I understand it, but wanting to know a little bit more about the squishy stuff, the stuff that's maybe a little um, more interesting to define in terms of what a successful outcome would be things that are more on the kind of in the want to category, but also things he mentioned like um, acquisition strategy or team vision, right? Stuff that you don't necessarily throw onto a Gantt chart, just take off the take off the bits along the way in a real predictable manner. Um, Todd, your your initial thoughts on the on the so-called squishy stuff out there? Yeah, you know, I, I think this comes up for folks a lot. You know, sometimes if you just think about what we recommend by way of, of, of the core activities in planning, right? So we talk about the power of, of focusing on outcomes, defining projects in most cases is what that means. What does the finish line look like? You know, uh, the finish line looks like I've got a, uh, I've, I've, I've got a new car. Uh, the finish line looks like I've got my spring holiday plan. The finish line looks like I've got a new uh, team member hired, right? Um, and then we talk about the other element of planning that's sort of in the core of the GTD methodology is is next actions, right? So what is what is the very next physical, visible thing I'm going to do to move this forward? And I think for a lot of the things in our lives, that's enough planning. And when I say enough, my guideline for whether you know I or one of my clients have done enough planning is, is this off my mind for now? You know, which is, which is something that um, uh, actually I heard the quote, is this off my mind originally from David Allen? And I'm pretty sure it was you, Robert, who, who added that little tag, which I find hugely valuable. Is this off my mind for now? In other words, have I, have I finished the thinking about it for now? That's, that's not to say that when it comes time to actually execute on the action that I won't think about it then, of course, but it is, off, is it off my mind for now? So as I say, those two questions, right, what's the desired outcome or what's the project? And then secondly, what's the next action? For a lot of the things in our life, uh, in our lives, th that's enough, right? That's enough planning, and we'll, and we'll probably feel like, okay, my my brain has relaxed now about that thing. But you know, as you say, um, not everything falls into that category. Sometimes, if, you, if you've got a really big outcome, and when I say big, it could be big in terms of scale. It could be big in terms of your perception of its risk, in terms of you know who's looking and what could go wrong. It could be big in terms of the amount of money that you're investing or your organization is investing or potentially investing in it. You know, there, there are a number of ways you can sort of define big. Uh, 
But in, in all of those cases, it could also be just very long term. It could be quite a, quite a long project. Um, and in those cases, I find that the, the next action question and the, and the what's the outcome question, you know, what's the project definition, those are interesting. But they don't quite get us to the point where we've gotten things, uh, we've gotten those bigger things completely off our minds. And that's where I think we need to, we need to think more broadly about what, what, how much planning do I need to do in order to get this thing off my mind? How much, how much thinking through? And, um, and what are the tools I could use? Uh, what are the tools I could use to help do that additional planning, again, beyond the next action and outcome question? Um, and GTD offers offers a lot here. I'm, I'm sort of feeling the need to 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 get your thoughts here, Robert. So so if you in those cases where you do have those bigger things, what kinds of tools do you bring to bear? What kinds of approaches out of the GTD uh, methodology are helpful for you? Well, that's such a great point, Ty. That there are always tools, right? There are always ways. Um, for me, one of the biggest ones for the big things is something we call the natural planning model um, because it it really helps um, to tease out some of the components that help you, help me anyway, get to that level of comfort, that level of this is off off my mind for now. And um, actually, I think it may have been Meg, Meg Edwards' credit where credit's due that, that first taught me the for now component. But the idea there is just that you can comfortably shift your focus to something else, whether it's the next item to clarify and organize out of your mind sweep or email, or the next project to engage with, you can comfortably change focus and not feel like I might be missing something here. So it's the antidote or corollary to we might be missing something. And for the big stuff, the natural planning model is a great way to make sure you're not really missing anything because it's a really, um, I don't want to say structured, but formalized way of doing brainstorming, spotting gaps, really getting your head around all of the implications of what this bigger thing is. Um, what's also wonderful about the natural planning model is that it's really great for interfacing with others as a common framework for doing this kind of thinking. You know, several brains are better than one always if you can get those brains working together rather than kind of pulling against each other. So this is a way to align on here's how we're going to think this through, right? We're, we're going to be thinking about you know, what's the what's the bigger purpose? What are the potential risks? What are all the components? Who needs to be informed about all of this? All of this kind of stuff, we're going to lay this out together, spot the gaps, make sure that we've got a, a complete and coherent understanding of what success means. It also creates a lot of buy-in for those people that are actually going to be, you know, pulling pulling the tractor forward to do this stuff. So, you know, um, and the, the, the ones that, um, that you mentioned, acquisition strategy, team vision, those kind of things are also generally best done as a collaborative kind of thing. The kickoff, as well as the execution of, of achieving this is, is best done, um, best done collaboratively. So natural planning model is a, is a big one for me for the really big stuff and for the collaborative stuff. Uh, what about what about you, Todd? What what other strategies do you take when you you look at something and you go, hmm, the outcome isn't really self-evident. This feels squishy. How do you help yourself de-squish? Yeah, I, let's let's just dwell on the the planning model for a minute because I think it's a great it's a great call. Um, just for those of you that aren't familiar with the planning model, let's just give you a very a very high level overview of it. So. Um, 
and by the way, it's described in detail in David Allen's first book. So in Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity, you'll find it in chapter three of that book. And it goes, and David goes through it uh, step by step. But but what the natural planning model does is it gives you a little bit of light structure. That's kind of the way I think about it. It's not, it's not a heavy, you know, it's, it's not one of these um, uh, sort of purpose-built industrial scale planning models. It allows you very flexibly and, um, and very effectively to make sure that you've thought through all of the elements of your, of your project that might be, that might be relevant. So, um, so basically, uh, the first thing that 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 it's it's a it's a, uh, a model in stages, a bit like the workflow model. Um, and the first the first element of the of the uh, model is: Have I understood the purpose? Do I know why I'm doing this project? You know, I say in my seminars, the level two seminars where we we cover this in detail. I say, okay, hands up, who believes their time is valuable? Right. Pretty much every hand in the room goes up, and then I say, okay, well, then answer the question: Why are you bothering to do anything at all? Right? What's what's the purpose? What's are you trying to solve a problem? Is there an opportunity? And then we talk about the principles. Okay, so what are the rules you're going to play by? Who's on the team? Is there a budget? Is it due by a particular time? What are the sort of rules of engagement of the project? Then then we encourage people to look at the the desired outcome. What does done look like? And our thinking there is that that it, it's helpful, especially for these bigger, squishier things, to think through the outcome, not just in terms of your own outcome, what does this give me, but also what are the outcomes of the other potential stakeholders, right? So, so draw a very rich picture of what the finish line looks like for everybody who has something to do with this project. Now, having identified that outcome, uh, what the brain starts very naturally to do is brainstorm because... In, in essence, what you've done by identifying that outcome is you've acknowledged that there's a gap between where you are and where you want to be. And in that moment, your brain very naturally goes, okay, well, that's where I want to be. I'm not there right now. What could be relevant that would get me from where I am now to where I want to go to? And that's, and that's again, that's, the, uh, that's where brainstorming comes in. Uh, the brainstorming, you know, advice we have is 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 I think in line with what a lot of people say. Um, you know, no judgment. Uh, go for quantity, not quality. Um, uh, you know, uh, don't. Certainly, if you're doing it in a group, don't ever say to somebody, "Well, that's a lousy idea," or "That'll never work." Right? You want to just get down as many ideas as you possibly can. Um, and then after you've done the brainstorm, the the model recommends that you go through the process of organizing the results of that brainstorm. And, and the level of organizing is really going to depend. It'll be driven, I suppose, by the level of squish, right? So <laughs> depending depending on how big, how complex, how risky this is feeling, um, the more the more squish, the more you might feel the need to plan, right? So if you've got uh, if you've got a fairly straightforward project, you might end up with a project plan that's that's really nothing more than a bullet list of things that need to happen in a particular sequence. If it's much more complex, then it might end up being, um, you know, a, a, a Gantt chart. Uh, use use a piece of software like Microsoft Project or or one of the, the that ilk to get the planning done. Um, and then the last uh, the last thing that the model suggests is identifying next actions. So, for each element of the project that you've come up with, and by the way, especially as you're dealing with a project that is that is quite large in scope, what you might very well find is that there are uh, multiple sub projects. So, what you were thinking of as a project has now got multiple elements. In which case, uh, in this last phase, what you'll want to do is make sure that for each one of those elements, those sub elements of the project, that you've got uh, you've got next actions identified. So, 
again, for those of you that weren't familiar, just a quick, a quick sort of spin through the natural planning model. It's, it's beyond, uh, obviously, it's beyond identifying just the next action and just the outcome. It gives you more, more of a framework for ensuring that you've come at, come at your, your squishy thing from, uh, from all potential helpful angles. That's the way I like to think about it. Yeah, that's great. That's and that's definitely been been my experience of it, both with teams and and with big individual projects that I'm that I'm sort of sort of working on. I think one of the common kind of threads I hear in in everything you're saying, you know, you mentioned anytime you identify a gap, your brain helpfully wants to help you help you fill that gap. And the thing about a gap or a you know is is that there's the starting point where you are now, and there is an endpoint. So by by definition. When you have a gap, when you have a desire, there is an endpoint always. And the way more and more I like to think of it is that for every endpoint, there is some some manifestation, some physical manifestation that will signal to you that the gap has been closed. Um, and often that's either, I, I find, either a physical deliverable, an actual thing that gets created or produced or, or happens, um, or it's behavioral, or it's some kind of event. Right. One of those three things or some combination of those three things signals the gap has been closed, the goal has been achieved. So an example I think of that's that's you know has been kind of squishy actually, the, the project definition statement for me, the overarching project is um, something like, you know, all associates on the team feel comfortable addressing the implications of this particular type of technology in their seminars. They all feel comfortable. Right? It's actually the outcome is is a feeling, is a sense of confidence, is a behavioral ability instilled within within those associates. Now, there's sub projects under that. There's specific deliverables. There's white papers to write. There's people to talk to. There's consultations to have. There's future engagements with clients to go out and do. And those are specific, very physical manifestations. But there's also the overarching thing is behavioral, right? So. With team vision, for example, it may be, you know, everyone understands the vision and we're checking in quarterly to make sure we're all aligned and we have some kind of process for, for reviewing how we do that to make sure we're still all aligned with the vision and in touch with it. That could de-squish team vision. Or for acquisition strategy, you know, we may have uh, some kind of um, launch event to, to announce the acquisition strategy, you know, an event, or we may have uh, some kind of deliverable, a framework that we're actively using for the next three evaluations of, of um, you know, businesses to acquire, et cetera. So, you know, is there a physical thing? Is there a deliverable? Is there a specific event that's going to happen that's going to cause you to say this is done? Or is there a behavior that's going to change in you or others that's demonstrable that can be seen, right? Is, can someone else from outside go, yeah, that got, that, got, that got finished, that got completed, that got delivered? If not, you don't really have you know, a good project definition yet, you need to go back to the natural planning model. You need to go back to doing a brainstorm. You need to go back to potentially others to get information about their vision for what complete looks like, not as a good idea, but as an actual manifestation of something in the world uh, that tells you it's done. I think that's a really good point and a, and a really good reminder. I love the framework, by the way, of the of sort of classifying the different types of desired outcomes. I think that's going to be hugely helpful to folks. I think the other thing is, um, and, and I'm going to get really concrete and practical now for a minute. I think one of the other questions that comes up is, uh, you know, wh whatever my planning 
approach is, if I'm generating artifacts as a result of that, you know, maybe it's a mind map, maybe it's a, it's a, again, maybe just an outline, a project outline that gives me kind of high level, high level tasks and then, you know, lower level actions within that, w whatever it is. Um, what do you, what do I do with all of that? And I think that's another question that comes up quite often. I mean, I think for, um, for a lot of people, I think they, they prefer to hold on to that information, even if it's fairly rough, right? Even if it's just sort of, yeah, it's a, it's a page of, of, of notes, right. That I, that I wrote out. That's, that's not, not client ready by any means, but is a valuable, um, artifact a valuable recording you know history of my thinking on this um and if you do decide that you're going to uh, hold on to that kind of information i think a really interesting question is where do you keep it in your system right so uh in most you know in most technologies if you've got a project that's defined you know as, as a task in one piece of software or whatever it's called in your software um assuming you've got a software system, by the way, uh, that, that there's a, you know, that there's sort of a notes field where a lot of this stuff can go into. Um, it's not so, from my point of view as a, as a GTD coach, it's not so much for me about which technology you're using. It's can you, going back to this idea of a good system has clean edges, can you point to the place in your system where that kind of project planning material, we sometimes call it project support material, where does that go? in your system and can you get your hands on it in the future in case you need it so um so in going through all of this it, it it sort of comes back to what distracts me or what potentially distracts me about one of these bigger squishier things one of the things that could distract me is uh you know i did all of this thinking i worked with the team we ran the project through the natural planning model we came up with some really good results we've identified next actions and projects that all feels good and then I threw all of that information away and now I'm distracted because I'm thinking that actually it would have been really helpful to hold on to that. I think I might have, I might have been able to make use of it in the future. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. And um, yeah, you know, the sort of uh, reference management um, isn't a terribly, you know, exciting or scintillating part of the process, but boy, it'll really, it'll really get you if you don't take good, good care of it. I think, um, you know, part part of what I, I hear in that too, in the whole process of marching toward what was a squishy goal and now is maybe a, a, a bigger thing like a, a strategy of some kind or a vision, um, is that the, kind of the corollary to this whole question we, we ask people about, you know, how can you be kind to your future self when you're clarifying and organizing things, being kind by making the actions clear, by making the project outcomes uh, a real, a real visible finish line is something kind of like how do you set yourself up for success, or how do you set yourself and your team up to win in this particular area and way? And so, I think resource management and reference management is actually a really important part of that. You know, are we sharing this stuff? Where does it go? What's some standards of agreement about how we're going to find what we need when we need it? Because I don't know if you've noticed, but everyone's brain is wired differently, you know, and I, I file stuff under C for car and my wife files it under A for auto. And then we got to scramble, you know, we got to scramble through the file drawer to find what we need come MOT time. So, um, so yes, I mean, I think all of these things along the way, being able to, to think about, um, 
are we set up for success? Are we structured for success? And it begins, of course, with the de-squishing. But as you point out, um, it doesn't end there because in a way things can, uh, you know, entropy is like the, the law of, <laughs> of, the, of you know, the universe we're in and things will, will re-squish. Things will become more ragged. Edges will, will blur uh, and, and melt and break down. Uh, as we go along with this, I think, too, unless you continue to make sure you de-squish by asking the questions, you know, how are we storing this stuff? How are we collaborating? What are the, what are the principles in play here? Checking in regularly, all these kinds of things. Because um, stuff returns to squishy. Squishy seems like the natural state, <laughs> at least of my mind, if I don't, if I don't put, it into, put it into the right gear. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you I, found that, too. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I think um, it's, a, it's a really good reminder for me and maybe for folks that, that uh, I'll go back to the natural planning model for a minute. You know, I, I introduced it a little while ago as a sequential thing, and and it can be used as a sequential thing, right? If you if you sort of start at the beginning of a project, and say, well, we're you know we've got this particular issue we want to resolve, let's let's flow things through the natural planning model, then you're just going to go step by step through that. But <clears throat> I think it's worth remembering that the model can be used. Um, you can dip into any element of the model. You know, if you feel like if you feel like, for example, your uh, your outcome is really clear, so what you need to be able to achieve, what's what's the finish line look like? You feel like that's really clear, but you're missing something about how you're going to make that happen. Well, start at brainstorming, right? Or if you feel like, um, actually, we feel like we've got all the the, uh, the good ideas out on the table. Sorry, not just the good ideas. We've got all the ideas out on the table. Uh, but it doesn't feel like we're organized to make all of that happen, to take those ideas and help to ensure that they're leading us toward the, toward the creation of some uh, of the outcome. Then maybe it's time to do a little bit of a deeper dive into organizing. So, so generally speaking, when it comes to the natural planning model, if you're looking for more control, you want to go, as it were, sequence-wise through the natural planning model, right? So from from purpose to purpose and principles through to, to desired outcome, to brainstorming, to organizing, to next actions. And if you're, what you feel like you're lacking is, um, is uh, perspective, right? Why are we doing this? What's this all about? Are we all rowing in the same direction? Then that might encourage you to go back up to the, to the first couple of, the first couple of steps in the, in the model. So um, yeah, again, and, and I, I think it really bears repeating, you know, we, I, run, I, I did a seminar the other day. You and I were talking about this just a minute ago. Um, and, and you know, what we recommend, right? We, we do recommend changes in the way that people think about the way that they work. And we recommend, and there's a methodical sort of approach that lies at the core of getting things done. That's all true and that's all important. But I think ultimately, you know, the, the gold standard here is not that you've got uh, you know, lists. It's not that you've got a place for your project, you know, management, uh, sorry, project support material. The gold standard is, is this off my mind, right? Have I, have I done the thinking through that gets me there? And, and I don't care what approach you're taking. If you get to that, you're in a good place. That's that we're, that's what we're trying to create. So, so again, it's just, I, I suppose, a bit of encouragement for those of you who are feeling like, yeah, all fine, but you know, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't feel like my, um, I don't feel like I'm, my, my, my lists are in a good place, based on what I've heard you talk about in terms of GTD. Ultimately, my goal is going to be, hey, are these things off your mind? If that's the case, then you're in a good place. Yeah, 
Yeah, great point. And great to bring it back to the spirit of the thing because people can often beat themselves up with the details of it. One little thing that's maybe not so little that occurs to me about all of this to mention too is that sometimes things are squishy because our relationship to committing to them is squishy. And if that's the case, uh, if you're not really actively committed to it or you shouldn't be actively committed to it, you just mentioned the, the want to do things. And, and for me, all the, the wants to do things that are sort of nice ideas that aren't really active commitments, those properly belong on my someday maybe list. Those don't belong on a project list as a squishy thing that I'm halfway committed to, but not really. They'll drain my energy. They'll drain my sense of focus and purpose away every time I look at them. So make sure you're committed and make sure your team is committed, right? And make sure that this really is the priority for, well, we're coming into 2020, right? For, for the this coming year, rather than, oh, we really ought to. We really ought to develop this such and such a strategy. But the reality is all your resources are pointed toward executing on the strategy that you've already put in place and it's actually going pretty well. But you ought to. We, I think we should, or I want to, or maybe. Get clear with those things. You know, the first order of clarity is not, What's the, what's the finish line there? The first order of clarity is, are we really committed to this in the first place? Because uh, if not, no amount of, of clarity on what ought to be is going to actually motivate you when the reality is, uh, if you're just you know, really, really honest with yourself and the team and, and the resources available, that, sh that should be shelved this year. That should be on the table next year. I think it's such a good point, Robert. And, and it's, it's just, I suppose, a reminder of the fact that uh, you know, we, we talk sometimes about the fact that this work is not for the faint of heart, right? You, if you, if you get involved in this methodology, if you sort of take on board the principles and follow them, you're going to be face to face with all of your commitments, right? All of your commitments are going to be staring right back at you. And, and at that point, I think there can be some really challenging thoughts. And if you're involving other people, challenging conversations to have. Um, have I got too much on, right? Is this really deliverable for me as an individual? Um, and likewise for the team, right? Is, is the, the, um, uh, you know, is the, uh, portfolio of outcomes that we've committed to in the next year, the next six months, whatever the time frame is, is that a doable thing? And that's not, you know, and, and our goal there is not that you create a, an organization which, which isn't ambitious and isn't trying to, you know, uh, achieve the things that you think are really important. It's, it's, it's making sure that what you haven't done is lay out a smorgasbord, which is so, um, so vast that <clears throat> by the end of the year, there's just no way all of these things are going to get done. And therefore you're going to end up being, uh, demotivated and demoralized by the fact that you, you know, that you said, yeah, we're going to get these 82 things done in the 52 weeks. And we've got a team of, we've got a team of three people and, uh, yeah, absolutely. We'll get that done. And then you look back at it, you know, six months in nine months and you go, there's just absolutely no way. So again, it's just, it, the, the idea there is, is yeah, be ambitious, be, uh, you know, strive for overachievement. Yeah. By all means, but also, you know, be realistic enough that you're not setting yourself up to demotivate yourself and your team. Yeah, definitely.
you know, I always crack up when I, when, when people I'm in conversation with them and they say, oh, I'll try to get that to you tomorrow. I'll try to do this or I'll try to do that. 95% of the time when they say, I'll try to, bah, 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 it doesn't happen that day or in that timing or in the way that they said it would. But I, I don't think I've ever met a GTDer that uses that language and says, I'm going to try to whatever. They all follow Yoda's sage advice, do or do not. There is no try, you know, <laughs> which, which I love. So, um, so yes, but, but I think we should probably wrap, wrap this up. Parting, parting thoughts, top tips um, to help de-squish the squishy stuff in your life and, and get it moving and feel good about it and, and be kind to your future self, Todd. Uh, at the very highest level, um, number one, uh, do the level of planning to, to keep planning until you feel like you've gotten it off your mind and uh, involve the right people, right? So involve, if it's, if it's a planning process that you just can do by yourself, that's fine. If it's something that needs to involve other folks, you know, great, make sure that they're involved. And then thirdly, just in terms of the, the actual, um, uh, the, you know, the, the, the holding on to the information that you've created, you know, the artifacts, as I say, that you've created during that process, just know where those are going to go, right? So that you don't have to have the, the, the stress that, yeah, I'm not going to be able to, in a sense, stand on the shoulders of my own thinking when I get, you know, two weeks, two months, two years down the road on this project. Um, if you're going to need to refer back to the, those artifacts, then make sure you know where they're going to be kept in your system. I don't know. What right. about you? No, great stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would say to recap, make sure that you're really committed to it, you know, make sure that it's, it's, it's legit. And that that's not part of why the, the squishiness is there. As you say, you know, ask yourself the hard questions. This isn't, this isn't for the fan of heart, but the alternative, you know, isn't, isn't really a, a good one at all. You know, getting clear and getting sharp about this stuff feels great, releases energy, makes you a more effective person. Um, you know, and, and I think the the kind of the other thing on all of this is remember that there are uh, there are always going to be some manifestation of the squishy thing that's going to tell you the squishy thing is a no longer squishy and b ultimately when you manifest it it's it's done so that that could be tangible that could be behavioral or that could be event based but something's going to happen <laughs> something's going to be true that ain't true yet <laughs> as we say um, that's going to signal to you. That, that this is done. So to me, that's, that's the definition of no longer squishy is that you've identified at least one of those things. Great stuff. Thanks uh, everyone for being with us. Um, as always, uh, you know, do be sure to subscribe to the podcast uh, on audio, whatever your preferred audio method is. If you're watching this on YouTube, please do, uh, please do give us a click on the subscribe button. We do this pretty, pretty regularly. And we love also to get your comments and thoughts. So info at next-action.eu is the place to, to shoot your thoughts and comments and questions. As you can tell, we do, we do address these pretty regularly and, and really enjoy it. Hopefully this was useful to you. Um, and, you know, inspires you to go off and, uh, and, and do or do not a bit more and try a bit less. Um, and it's been, you know, certainly my pleasure on behalf of Todd. And thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for being with us. And we'll see you next time.